between the time we recorded this episode and now that it is going live, the Afropolitan Network has made significant progress, especially in terms of spreading the vision of the digital nation that they are working on. So far, they've raised about $2.5 million to push the vision and they have sold their first 500 passports. And that's significant progress considering the scale of the project and how ambitious it is. Just wanted to update you guys so that you know the significant progress that the team has made between the time we recorded the episode and now that you are listening to it. Cheers. From Jamit Studios, it's the Made in Africa podcast. A show where African founders and entrepreneurs shared stories behind their businesses and some of the experiences they've gathered along the way. Sit back, relax, and let's get learning. Hello everyone and welcome to another amazing episode of the Made in Africa podcast. I'm your host Kimishi Samuel and in the studio with me today is someone I really admire and respect a lot. Um, in this podcasting space there are two people I actually look up to <laughs> and want to be like, one is Guy Raz and the second is Eche and he's in oh, the well, studio here. That's yeah, high praise though, that's high praise. <laughs> That is high <laughs> praise, bro. But no, it's a pleasure to be here, man. Yeah, Thanks for yeah, having yeah. me. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, Eche is the founder mm-hmm. of the Af- Afropolitan Group, if yeah. I'm correct. Yes. Yeah, so the Af- Afropolitan Group does a lot more than podcasts, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll get into all of that. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But before yeah. I move forward, please introduce yourself to us. So I am Eche Imole. I am the founder of Afropolitan Group. Afropolitan's mm. core mission now, Afropolitan's core mission is to provide platforms that lead to the prosperity of 1 billion Africans in the next mm. 10 years. Wow. Okay. And we are going to achieve it. We are here. Definitely. Are here definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, we initially started off as a company that catered to the African diaspora, right? Okay. If the African diaspora was a country, yeah. it would be a country of 140 million people and the 10th largest population in the world. Wow. A lot of people don't know this. So what we're looking to create wow. is a is a mechanism that caters to that diaspora because okay. we have different needs. And so we yeah. initially started off with events, then travel, and then media. So, wow. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah. um, let's dig in. To Eche. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so what was it like growing up? What was your childhood like? So I, I was born in Enugu. Um, first son of my parents. I have three other siblings. Okay. I think um, Enugu was really cool. Like, it's like a lot of people... It's funny because I haven't been back since I left. I left wow. in 2000 and I haven't gone back since. 2000? 2000, yeah. I haven't <laughs> gone back since. But Enugu was great because it, like, I think I was insulated in like how I was growing up so there was okay. a freedom to like run around space mm-hmm. to play mm-hmm. I remember back then we used to play outside because guys kind of <laughs> not remember, forget what that looks like now but we used to play outside yeah. I remember the rubber games everything um, but I think I grew up in a family that had like a lot of legacy in history like so on my dad's side my dad's or my grandfather on my dad's side was like a minister of finance and agriculture in the old eastern region Wow. and then on my mom's side her dad or my grandfather again was yeah. like one of the top business people in Igbo land at the time mm-hmm. so there was always this whole historical context like okay, okay you have to be an ambassador you have yeah. to live up to these expectations but the thing is I didn't know who these men were yeah. right? like I remember we had a library and I always just go in there and read it. I'm like damn who collected all these books and I'm like yo your grandfather was a huge reader I'm like wow. yo I'll just lose myself in books Wow. because back then again internet wasn't as strong yeah true true true, true. the only thing you could escape into was 
books. So yeah. Wow, awesome. Yeah. So um, what you're doing presently was kind of like laid down for you in a way. Yeah, because I think now that I look back at it, you start yeah. to see like, man, like how I've lived my life has actually led me up to this point. Okay. Whether it was okay. the books that you were reading, yeah. whether it was the things you chose to even study in school, mm-hmm. Um, I remember it was the times when you even rebelled against saying things like you're like, yo, this okay. is not for me. Yeah. Like people are telling you, no, no, no. Everybody's telling you this is for you. Okay. Do I'm this. Like, and you're no, like, no, 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 it's not for me. So. <laughs> yeah. And I think like it was just one of those things that I'm, I've gotten very comfortable with mm-hmm. disappointing people. <laughs> you just have to be very, <laughs> okay. very comfortable. Like I was like, the first <laughs> point of freedom for me was you have to get comfortable with disappointing African parents. If mm-hmm. you want, if what you want you to want. live life on your terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the minute you can disappoint your parents, you can disappoint anybody. Definitely. Like, it's like, okay, cool. Like, are you, you're, you're sad, I'll be, no problem. You go run out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, I feel yeah, you. Yeah, man. I feel you. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Okay, yeah. so, um, what was your educational background like? Or what is your education? Yeah, so, like? I, um, so I think in about 2006, my mm-hmm. parents came to the school um, I went to I went to high school in Bagada. Okay. All right. So okay. I went to high school in Bagada. Um, but I think about SS one. They came. And they're like, "Yo, let's go to the hospital." I'm like, "Yo, are we moving to America?" They're like, "How did you know?" I'm like, "Don't worry, I've been waiting. My back, my back is wow. packed. Let's let's be going. Let's be wow. going." Don't even, don't even yeah. tell you, like, you know what? You want to say bye bye to your family? Like, you'll say the fucking bye. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Please. <laughs> because the thing is, like, I feel like I was born in Nigeria, but I never felt. Like I belonged to Nigeria. Hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. I, it, it like, does, I, I didn't feel does. limited by my environment. I'm yeah, like, yo, yeah. if, I, if I try to go to Mars, I want, I want to be want there to be with them. I want to be there with them. It's me. It's me. Yeah. And so to me, it was like America felt so vast. I mean, you're watching Hollywood movies. Yeah. You're like, yo, it's like that's the place that is happening. It's that's where they're doing yeah. something. Yeah. So I then got to America, but they put me in this private high school, but I was okay. the only black kid. Wow. So imagine like you're at Bagada. I went to Grace Schools, Grace High School. Shout out to Grace High Schools and alumni of Grace Schools. But I went to Bagada and then I'm the only black kid. Damn. <laughs> and then you're like, ah. Because <laughs> on one hand, it's like, okay, the reason that they're putting you in the school is because of quality of education. Definitely, yeah. But from a social perspective, it was not fun. It was not fun. Like, I don't think, I think it was the one time, like, yeah, like, because I, I, I was popular in school okay. in Lagos. Yeah. And I could not find that same level of popularity in mm. that environment okay. but what it did for me though was because all the white kids basically came to see me as the representation of all of blackness hmm. I didn't get to choose what black I was yeah. they're like Nigeria or Ghana or <laughs> Jamaica or and all yeah. of you <laughs> <laughs> sure. so but I yeah. think what it did it was it gave me a full appreciation of blackness because hmm. it then allowed me to be like look Apparently, being black is very dope. These guys even think it's dope too. Oh, so really? I have yeah because every day they would come, every yeah. music that they would learn, anything black, black it was. You, I have okay, a guy, okay, this guy okay, right okay. here. You wow, must know everything wow, black. Okay. So it forced okay. me to be like, okay, go and learn yeah. about these things these people are talking about because it's like I'm disappointing them. Imagine somebody coming, a white person coming to you, asking you black type questions, I, and like I, you should know about yeah. this, and you're like. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, so I now to like fit in, you're like, okay, let me go and learn. And as I was learning, I'm like, wow, I'm really getting a full appreciation of what it means to be yeah, black to be and black. how dope black okay. people have actually always yeah, been so yeah, from a historical perspective yeah. and even to present day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So then after that, I went to college and my only criteria for like university was, yo, I'm tired of being the only black person in spaces. So the first okay. black person I see, I'm going yeah. to that school. I don't even need to know <laughs> okay. ranking. I don't need to yeah. know what yeah. school is in. So yeah. as God will have it, the first school that I went to was like 30 minutes from my high school. Okay. First black person I see, I woke up to him. <laughs> I'm like, look, 
Where are you from? The guy said, I'm Nigerian. In those Whoa. states. I'm like, I looked at my mom. I'm like, don't worry it's, it's, again. It's settled. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. It's like, there's jellof. I'm like, yeah. are there other Nigerians? He's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, there's a lot. I'm like, don't worry. I'm here with you guys. I'm here with you guys. So, I finished. I studied political science as my first um, degree. Degree, yeah. And then I did my master's again in political okay. science because okay. I was supposed to go to law school, but I was posting law school because oh. it was almost like being a lawyer was the thing that they kept on saying, I had to be, yeah, okay. I had to be. And I'm like, okay. bro, it's not that I didn't want to be, but okay. it was more of like, I've not explored other options in my life. Mm, okay. Yeah, like my grandfather was a lawyer. Yeah. My aunt is a federal judge. Like a lot of, there are a lot of lawyers yeah. in my family. Yeah. My brother okay. is a lawyer. Okay. My dad is also a lawyer. So it was, okay. it was, okay, I know this is what is expected of me, but is this something I'm choosing? Mm. You know what I mean? And I think for me, it was like, is this something I want? Sometimes you don't know what you want, True. right? Sometimes True. you don't know what you want. So I, I said to go do my master's to give me that buffer time again to be like, okay, maybe after I finish master's, I should be able yeah. to know what I want. Yeah. And so for master's, when I finished master's, I still didn't know what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so I now said, okay, since you don't know what you want, yeah. maybe the word that people are telling you to go and do, go ahead and do it. Yeah. <laughs> so then I went to law school after that. And then in law school, after I landed first year, I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I'm not meant to be here. This <laughs> is not for me. No, no, because now you're like, because sometimes you don't know what you want, mm -hmm. but you know what you don't want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes yeah. you know what you don't want. You have to enter it first to be like, I actually do not, not want, this. want this for my life. Yeah. So I went into law school. I'm like, yeah, 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 this is not going to work. Yeah. It's not going to work. So find a, find something because I knew, okay, I can't have gotten two degrees. Mm -hmm. Then by third degree, uh, they'll not be asking me, okay, so what's next? I'll be like, I still don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to go a PhD again, so mm -hmm. you need to find a hustle. So I think yeah. around that time I said after Paulton while in law school actually. Wow, I was going to even go there. Like, yeah. Since you didn't so if I'm if I'm correct, yeah. you didn't actually work for anyone. No. Even so so what yeah. so what's interesting because I was telling my girl my girl, right? Like yeah. my entire working history, mm -hmm. if you compare everything I've ever yeah. worked for somebody, yeah. Yeah. including like internships, okay. including like like the internships, including like work for yeah. somebody else where I'm getting paid, mm -hmm. it's not up to 18 months. Wow. <laughs> like my full working career yes. just been Afropolitan. Wow, wow, wow. So, so I'm, I've learned the importance of betting on yourself. Mm -hmm. Like I'm very comfortable on that because it's yeah. like, like I'm literally comfortable. Like it's like one of those things where it's yeah. like, I see that when I bet on myself, mm -hmm. I'm able to get into more rooms than when I'm working for some other people. And I'm not wow. saying, again, it's wrong to yeah, work with other people. What I'm sure. saying is, understand your own personality and how you are. Yeah. I am very unemployable. <laughs> like, you know okay. when somebody's like, I am classically, because yeah. I know they hear word, <laughs> number one. Like, it's one of those things where, like, <laughs> I'll be in situations that somebody will just say something, I'm like, ah, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, like, it's one of those things where I have never, like, oh I'm, I'm very unemployable yeah. and, I, and it's because I know I'm unemployable. Mm -hmm. I have to do my daily, I, I have to hustle yeah, for my yeah, daily 2K because yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing else I can do here but work for yeah. something I actually believe in, you yeah, know? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Sure, that's great. So, um, now, you were done with a uh, master's, yeah? Yeah. Okay. You got into law school. Mm -hmm. Did you start Afropolitan while in law school? Yeah. So, what happened was I'd been doing events from my university um, bachelor okay. days before I even did masters. Okay, okay. But those events were like the first Afrobeats events back yeah. then. Like literally like, I remember the first party I did, 500 people. Wow. Bro, it's Nigerian independence. And they thought it wasn't possible. I was like, wow. don't worry, we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna show you. And it was the first like party in an actual club in yeah. California. Like at the time, like, because back then. That was, that, that was in what year? 2010, like, 11, yeah, 2010, yeah. 
Damn. And I think I was I was like 19. No way. Yeah, yeah, I was 19, bro. No way. I was 19, so I wasn't even old enough to get into yeah, the club. Dang. But like, back then, like, they could, no one believed that there was a market that existed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bro, I'm telling you, I see these guys. Wow. They just don't have access because yeah. at the time, we used to only, they used to think that they could only do events at like okay. community centers. Like, we couldn't, like, young yeah. guys couldn't come out and do mm-hmm. things. I'm like, all right, bro. I have to take this to the next level. Wow. So I remember the first party, 500 people. Wow. I think shattered every record that ever existed because it never <laughs> even existed. Yeah. Next party, no, no, next party, it was like, now we're going to do like an African type, because the first one was Nigerian independence. Okay. This one was now like, okay, everybody, mm-hmm. I think it was called I Am African Bash. Okay. Bro, 600 plus people line out wow. the door. Wow. Capacity flowing. Wow. They ran out of bottles. Wow. And then it was the beginning of like, it was like, I think the first time you make money doing events. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing about events is a very special industry. Mm-hmm. The first time you make money doing events and you're like, hmm, <laughs> this is easy math. Mm-hmm. If I have 10 people, I charge them $20, yeah. I get $200. Yeah. Just start multiplying that. Exactly. Shake it. Yeah, like start yeah, scaling yeah. that as you go. <laughs> wow. So that to me, it, it became a thing. I think I think it spoiled me for a bit because okay. when your first event is five hundred plus people yeah. and second event is six hundred people plus people, anything less than that, you're not even you don't you're not excited. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But I think it was one of those things where it started with the events and then okay. but the thing is after Portland didn't start then, we were just mm-hmm. doing it under something called Royal Entertainment at the time. Okay. But come two thousand and sixteen when I was about to go into law school. Okay. One of the venue owners I had worked with, his name is Richard. Richard reached out to me and says, hey, I'm opening up this club called Level 13. Okay. Like, and I would want for you guys to host Afrobeats Nights. Yeah. Mind you, at the time, there weren't really that many Afrobeats Nights consistently. Okay. Like now, you go to everywhere in the world, there's yeah, Afrobeats yeah. everywhere. So I was like, okay, cool. In the, in the area that I was in, we didn't really have any dominant ethnicity or dominant mm. nationality. Like, okay. it was Africans from yeah. all across the board. So I was sort of like, hmm. I went to my friends. I remember in the group chat, I'm like, look, I'm trying to start this thing, but I want to call it Afropolitan. And the reason is because it's an umbrella where all Africans yeah. and black people can fall into. And it was just, in, when we first started, we were just doing parties. And, bro, we've we've done a lot more since then, you know? Definitely. Yeah. So, um, the name Afropolitan, yeah. it yeah. just came. Like, so I think what I was think, that process? Like? I think the process was researching what is a term that like can encompass what you're trying to achieve. Okay. Okay. So I, I started typing like maybe Afri something, Afri this, <laughs> Afro this, and yes. it was just like when I stumbled on Afropolitan, because there was a definition of what Afropolitan was, it was like, okay, cool. This is a word that also has a cosmopolitan vibe to it. Yeah. And I yeah. think to me it was I've always envisioned that Africans are also world travelers, even though our passports don't give us that access, true, right? True, true, and yeah. so that's me. It was one of those things where I've never liked that we're born on Earth. And let's say Earth is, for example, let's say Earth is 12,000 square miles. Okay. And we only have access to 100 square miles. Like, that's unacceptable yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah. So to me, the Afropolitan was one of those things where it's like, yo, yes, we, we, we come from Africa, but we're also able to trans, yeah. like, Go travel through cities and experience things, experience life at its fullest, you yeah. know? So, right. yeah. Great. So, um, you were doing events initially. Mm. At what time did you begin podcasting? Or, and what was the inspiration? Yeah, for podcasting. Yeah. So, so the, the timeline was we'd been doing events mm-hmm. and then we did a year of return in Ghana. Okay. Bro, like it was one of those things where it was like, it was like, the culmination of events plus travel, right? Like, yeah, and we had, yeah. we had moved the whole market. Wow. 
I think when we um finished the year of return, yeah. we're like, come to it, we go reload them. Oh my <laughs> days. Because now you're like, yeah. the mistakes you have made that you yeah. made, because this is first year, yeah, everything sure, you're sure. like, ah, bro, if I'd gone hunting with nets, <laughs> now I'm hunting. That whole ocean water yes. will drain it. <laughs> and in 2020, you're coming in like you're already a vision, you're putting you're revenue on hot. the board, bro. <laughs> <laughs> COVID hits. I, when COVID hit, just to give you an example of how bad it was yeah. for people in the industry, yeah. Live Nation is like the top promoter in the country. Okay. The revenues were down by 95%. What? 95 Because your business what? is in-person events, yes. concerts, is yes. party, 95 oh my Yo, goodness. when I opened up, <laughs> if you check our oh. business accounts, yeah. <laughs> all you see the whole year is red, 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 <laughs> debits, debits, not wow. a single credit yeah. alert came in. Wow. And I think for me, it was like, okay, all right. I've gone to small school. Yeah. I have small brain. So now let's <laughs> let's figure out how we're going to do because back then my name were telling us, oh yeah, you should do Zoom events. I'm like Zoom. Yeah, Zoom me. Like as far as far what? Never feel the same. As far like. what? How can you pop a Zoom on Zoom? Are you mad? <laughs> <laughs> I was. I just remember just feeling like, yo, please, like if you're going to bring idea, bring idea. We make sense. Don't be don't be doing one. this. Don't <laughs> this one, bro. Because and I knew that there was going to be Zoom fatigue because the thing is you can't be using Zoom at work from Monday to Friday exactly. and then Saturday and Sunday. So it's like, it's zoom again, bro. Like yeah, it's not going yeah, to work like yeah, that, you know. Yeah, yeah. So what then happened was, I then said, okay, why am I even in this position to be in the first place? Like, like just why? Because okay. Mark Zuckerberg is making money. Yeah. Jeff Bezos is making yeah. money. <laughs> why am I in this position? I'm not saying that I'm there, but I guess more brain. So what's the problem? So I'm like, okay, you know what? Yeah, let's talk about how businesses work. Yes, you can make money in person, but. Yeah. What is it that gives your business anti-fragility where it's like just even if turned that land, even anything, you can still be making money. money yeah. And so there was this book that was recommended to me by a friend, uh, Chinedu, actually. Chinedu recommended this book called The Almanac of Naval Ravikant. Hmm. And Naval says um, you can build, it's about basically how you can get rich without getting lucky, right? Hmm. And he says there are four ways to build wealth in this world. Okay. Through capital, through labor, through media, through code. Wow. Okay. And he says the first two, capital and labor, are permission leverage, meaning somebody has money, I persuade you yeah. to give me money, can go build wealth. Okay. Somebody has labor, our time. Yeah. Give me your time, we go build wealth. The, the last two, though, are permissionless. Yeah. Code and media. Yeah, yeah. If you produce media, if it's good enough, you can be sleeping, yeah. somebody's listening to your podcast, you're seeing ads, she gets yeah. code, the flat, right, written line of code. Is going while you sleep, and that's permissionless. So that that means today, right now, if you said, okay, I'm about to go learn how to code, two years from now, you can literally develop something that is literally scaling, and you can scale yeah. without any physical anybody having to be there in person. Yeah. So yeah. with that idea, I'm like, okay, cool, we're going to have to start a media situation. But what media I think is like, because I'm not going back to go and start shooting movie right now. Yeah, yeah. I was like podcasting. Why? Mm. Because I was like, it's low hanging fruit number one, but number two. I have access to a lot of people whose stories have not been told. Wow. And I'm yeah. like, okay, I know what my community needs and I know that there's this gap in the market, but where do I start? Because yeah. if you've never done podcasts before, mm-hmm. you go and buy a bunch of equipment, you don't know where to yeah, start. So I remember coming to that conclusion because the lockdown started in March. I came to that conclusion in April. Okay. And then I was like, ah, how do I start? And then I told my friends, like, oh, we're going to start a podcast. Mind you, we're still on lockdown, so yeah. you need to buy equipment. And I'm like, okay, the guests I want, because I want to do something where I'm talking to guests. The guests I want are not yeah, here. Not Everybody's locked yeah. down. And I, don't, I didn't know at the time that there was a way whether you could communicate okay. to people yeah. outside of that. And I'd seen people do Zoom before, but I was like, I don't know if that's like if the, the audio best, audio quality is the best. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Clubhouse. I entered Clubhouse. <laughs> okay. Clubhouse dropped in April, March. Yeah. I entered Clubhouse September. Yeah. Almost like first 5,000 people or so. Yo, <laughs> you know when you've been true or something, like how do we start this? Yeah. What's yeah. going to happen? Whatever. Then you land on an app and you're like, oh, I don't know the people who build this app if they yeah. know what this app is for. for. But me, that I've landed here, yeah. oh God. I would destroy oh. this app. <laughs> it's time to run something. I, I think it was, it was funny because a lot of people were like, yo, how are you able to build a community up so fast? I'm like, because you don't understand. Imagine chewing on a problem yeah. for a while, like, yo, where are you going to start? Because you understand, blah, blah, blah. And somebody just brings your solution to your problem and you're like, ah. Yo, I landed on that app first first. <laughs> I brought in my guys. Because yeah, back then it was a, yeah. um, invite only. Yeah, did, yeah. I was like, it's okay. Shay's one invite. We'll use this one invite to do 100 people. <laughs> I do events, right? Yes. What did about events is ticketing. Yeah. You yeah. know how to hustle tickets. Mm-hmm. So you're like, you're giving me one, one ticket. Yeah. Bro, I will bring 1,000 people with that. Are you <laughs> wow, mad? Like, what wow, are we doing? Wow, this, wow, this is wow. easy. Yes. So I think like, with Clubhouse, I probably brought in like, just with my network effects yeah, alone. Yeah. Maybe like 10,000 people. Wow. Straight. So, and the minute they're joining, I'm yes. inviting them through our Clubhouse mm-hmm. Afropolitan app. Yeah. As they're entering, they're already member immediately. Wow. So, we're able to build it like to 47,000 plus people now. Wow. But the thing is, we're now started doing shows, right? Mm-hmm. You're now catering to people. So, mm-hmm. I've always said like, if you do events and you can do parties, you can also similarly do shows because if you know what people like yeah. with events, yeah. you might be able to also understand what they like with media. Yeah. So, then after that, it was like, okay, cool. We now have enough of an audience to say, okay, cool. We can actually launch yeah. podcasts, so that's yeah. how we, that's how we started. Wow, awesome. yeah, man. So, um, what was the experience like using Clubhouse? Podcasting? Yo, Clubhouse was like I don't know if there's anything like it again, <laughs> man. Because what it was for me, it was for the first time I was able to connect my whole global network. Wow, on one app. Yeah, like at I'm, same I'm, time. I'm at same time. Yeah, because I'm, I'm well traveled. I have an extensive network, mm-hmm. but people won't know until you're. He's like, how would you know? Like, it's like it's just yeah. somebody saying it. But it was like, no, no, no. Trust me. Like, there are people from almost every country yeah. in Africa that have come to that post event. Wow. So I'm like, the network is huge. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no one platform in which they to bring, to bring them together. Yeah. So Clubhouse gave us that opportunity, and it was great up until I think the lesson I learned from that was. You can build community on platforms, but if you don't own that platform, you yeah. run the risk. Like one product manager somewhere will wake up one day and change algorithm on your ass and you're out. <laughs> yeah, you're true, out. So true. I think, yes, yeah. use it as an MVP, mm-hmm. but work as hell to to create a platform where you can host your own community. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. So um, now the Afropolitan podcast. Mm-hmm. What is it all about? Like, what do you discuss on that podcast? Yeah. So I think. Again, looking at the gap in the market, what, what I was saying is we've always passed down our, our knowledge and history and wisdom through oral tradition. Yeah. So podcasting is actually the new oral tradition. The difference now is it allows us to preserve that knowledge. Yeah. So let's say back in the day, your grandfather would tell you something and, and, and maybe if you didn't record it or write them, a lot of these men, great men, never read, wrote any memoirs, never wrote true. anything down. Very true, yeah. So they die, everything dies with them. True, true. What podcasting allows us to do is honor people while they're still alive, yeah. preserve their history, preserve their knowledge, preserve their wisdom, and and then g- let that be of value to the, not just the audience of today, but the audience of the future. Wow. Okay. So that's 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 what yeah. Afropolitan Podcast is. So we talk to Afropolitans from every walk of life, mm-hmm. both men and women, share your stories, share your frameworks, share your knowledge, share yeah. your mistakes. Mm-hmm. 
You know, because a lot of the times in the, in the African context, you ask successful people, how did you become successful? They'll say, not God. True. I'm like, not God isn't an answer <laughs> to, to no, anything. We don't, we, we don't learn anything yeah, from that. From so that. I think a simple way to break it down is we want to move from not God to tell us your story. Yeah. And let's really understand your let's perspective process. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. It's kind of like similar to what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, of course. In a way. Of course. Okay. Of course. Yeah, great. So um, how do you get guests on mm. your show? What's that process? So like? I think... Like I said, we have a very extensive network at our yeah. and I think the thing with events that people really discount a lot is, especially when you're doing events, like the way we're doing events, almost yeah. every founder mm-hmm. of every Nigerian tech company had come to an Afropolitan event because they used to have to come to San Francisco to raise, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're based in San Francisco. So if you're okay. in San Francisco, if, the, if there's an African thing going you on, Afropolitan is doing it. Exactly. Yeah. So to you, you're like, okay, you have provided value to them in that way. Mm-hmm. All you're asking for them in return is come on my podcast. Wow. For 30 minutes, okay, 35 that makes, minutes. That That's not even... That's nothing, right? Because yeah, it's like it's not, I'm not I'm not chasing you down for money. Even <laughs> yeah, though now I'm chasing them for money because yeah. <laughs> we're currently fundraising. But like at the time, it was like, look, I need you on the show, and it's also impactful because they know that these stories are not being told. Plus, yeah. I think there's something to be said. Like when you go on a podcast mm-hmm. and you're talking to somebody who knows your history mm-hmm. and knows your struggles yeah. and will honor you. Yeah you then feel more comfortable. Because a lot of the times you talk to journalists who do not care, who do not give a they fuck. Just want their story. They just want their yeah. story. I think it was like, Eche was with us before we were even a Series A company mm-hmm. or a seed company. And Eche yeah. saw us, like we were literally struggling. Like there was yeah. no big boy there. Yeah. yeah. And so to see, okay, he's building his own business from this side. We were building our own business. Just sit down and talk. And, yeah. and you know that it won't be a thing if you hit me up, maybe you said something you didn't want to say yeah. and you say, okay, yeah. you know what? Um, Eche, could we take that off because I didn't mean it that way? Right. I'm going to do it. Yeah, like, sure, I'm not sure. going to, like, try yes. to to use you for clout. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Okay. That, yeah. that makes a lot of yeah. sense. So, um, starting out yeah. the podcast, mm-hmm. what were some of the challenges you experienced? I think just understanding more about audio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't understand, like, right now where we're recording, yeah. all the work that has gone into mm-hmm. making sure you have high-quality yeah. audio. yeah. I just used to think, oh, more guys, sit down, bring Mike, make we'll me record, make me rush. But the whole process of yeah. like pre-production, okay. uh, during production or post-production mm. is something that I've learned to appreciate. Okay. Um, even like just the editing. Yeah. The, the um, what do you call it? Making sure the questions are ready. Like mm-hmm. making sure you just have everything laid out and, and not rushing it. Yeah. Because yeah. before it was like, okay, do I post them tomorrow? It's like, that's not going to work. Okay. Right. Yeah. So yeah. even now, like, when I do, for example, for the current season two of the Afropausing Podcast, I think we've done like almost 30 plus episodes. Wow. And it was like, the reason you're doing those 30 plus episodes yeah. is to have 30 plus weeks worth of content because yeah. you're going to be dropping weekly mm-hmm. and you need to record it maybe in December for you to release in February. February so there's a two month gap, okay. yeah. but you have content that's still relevant. Yeah. It's not too old. Mm-hmm. And if anything, those founders can always come, come back, back to talk. Yeah. And the thing is, if you if you build that level of trust mm-hmm. and you're a go-to person in the space, yeah. they're like, okay, you know what? I have a fundraising um, thing. I'm going to come to Afropartum Podcast to talk wow, to the people. So wow, yeah. Wow. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um. So have you been able to monetize the podcast itself? Um, no. And I think it, it's a, cause again, with media, right. Yeah. When, when, um, Naval was saying scale with media and scale with code, mm-hmm. I think the understanding is it's not immediate. Okay. okay. I think that's why your content is so important. Right. Yeah. So for example, if you have, let's say a hundred hours worth of content, yeah, you then know that, okay, cool. 
even if it's not popping, mm-hmm. take WizKid's um, album, for example, Made in Lagos, dropped during the pandemic. Yeah. Essence yeah. was there. Mm-hmm. Nobody gave a fuck. <laughs> True. True. A year later, you don't know what I <laughs> And the thing is, like, it's like you work the media over and over because sometimes it's always one clip. Yeah. People are like, oh, where can I learn more about that? Like, where can I watch the food thing? So the thing about media that's so dope to me is the virality can come from anywhere, anywhere because true. something can happen that's yeah. relevant today that somebody has spoken up on your podcast, yeah. okay, attach I it to it. So yeah. I think it's, it's just realizing that you need to continue hawking the content, mm. just hawking okay. it like repeatedly, like and then build up, build up your yeah. followership, get feedback from yeah. the people who listen. And yeah. but we haven't been able to monetize it yet, but we will. And I think a big part of it is what I love about podcasting is, is it, it can eventually serve as your in-house distribution. Mm. So you no longer have to be worried about yeah, marketing yeah, if, yeah, you're, yeah. if you have a million people listening that's to you. Me. That's your just marketing come on your podcast and say what <laughs> Speak, you want. You know? that's, that's true. Yeah. That's very true. Okay, so um, what do you think about uh? podcasting here in Nigeria and Africa as a whole? Yeah, I, I think we need more. Mm. I think we need a lot more because there's so many stories, so many yeah, stories. Yeah, like yeah. yesterday I was hanging with a friend and we we're talking about like some of the older like Nigerian people yeah. who like 1960s, whatever. Mm. There's so much rich stories that we don't Very know. True, Our yeah, history, yeah, and it's just yeah. Nigeria alone. And these people are dying off. They're dying off. They're wow. dying off. So wow. we need so many more people curating yeah podcast content Mm -hmm. and this is not just in Nigeria but across Africa so there's so many stories that we don't know and these people Mm -hmm. are dying off Mm -hmm. and we don't have historical context and my whole thing is you don't know you can't know where you're going if you don't know where you came from like it's just come down to that you know and I I, personally I think with uh, podcasting Mm -hmm. and especially what Jamit is doing Africans get to tell their Their own own story story authentically exactly not the Western world yeah. telling it for us yeah. and painting some other picture that may not be true. Give you narrative. So definitely, yeah. I think Trust me. podcasting is going to really help us yeah. in this country yeah. and in Africa as well. Has that's, to. That's awesome. Has to. Um, so I'm going to be wrapping this up now, mm-hmm. but let's 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 wrap up. Let's wrap up with this. Yeah. Are there mistakes mm. that you made starting out both Afropolitan, uh, the media and mm-hmm. the events and then the podcast that you wish you didn't make? I think what I've come to understand is the importance of mentorship and also creating like a peer group that you can go to to consult mm. with ideas that okay. you have. Yeah. I think what usually happened, at least for me, like I was a, like, I was like a rebel, I think. <laughs> and, and I think in rebelling, like what it does to you is like, man, we go run them. Yeah. And, I, and I, actually more, I go run them. Okay. Whether okay. they like it or yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> I'm running it. Yeah. But what I've come to really appreciate is if you want to build something that scales, mm-hmm. And I'm talking about top scale. Okay. You need a great team. Yeah. Just need, you cannot compromise on it. And you need to incentivize them enough where it's like the pie will reach everybody. Yeah. And you need to move from a mentality of abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that I started off like that when I first started as mm-hmm. a young entrepreneur or founder. Yeah. Like I just even didn't even know any of these concepts. Yeah. I think reading also helps a lot. Like I think just having a worldview on things, like yeah. you need to be able to be a clear thinker and communicate yeah. clearly too. Um, I would also say like integrity too, because a lot of things with business sometimes is people cut corners mm. and they they think that they're doing it for like their benefit. Yeah. But the thing is lack of integrity compounds. Yeah, in the long run. In yeah. the long run, it just compounds. Yeah. So like you you might think, okay, I'm cutting corners in my business, mm. 
and it's just me. Yeah. The thing is, people are observing you, mm. they will not cut corners again. again. So the one you don't cut, person will cut them again. <laughs> and then the other person cuts <laughs> it again. So, then in, in a, <laughs> so do you want something to be sustainable or not? Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's about setting that standard and, and having like accountability too. Okay. Um, mistakes ahead, just from just opening up a business. Okay. Like, I remember there was a Whiskey concert that we did mm-hmm. that Whiskey canceled four days before and I had to refund everybody, fully refund. Ooh. I went into debt because I had to put up my own personal money. Literally, yeah. I've never seen your account hit zero before. Like, wow. zero is different. So <laughs> it's a very wow. different feeling. But I think wow. what I learned from that, because there are a lot of business principles and you don't know why if you're mm-hmm. a young entrepreneur is... Mm-hmm. Don't go into personal debt of a business. Yeah, There's okay. a whole business. Like if your business loses money, that's your business. That's your your business, personal yes. is different from your your your, your, yeah. your um your um business. And I think obviously knowing how to set up a, a business registration, business mm-hmm. account, all doing that, all yeah. that process yeah. is very important. Okay. Um, let me see. What are the mistakes? Um I think what I've come to learn is I might have good instincts, yeah. but you need to back up your instincts with speci- specialized knowledge. Mm. So it's like, if I don't, if you don't know something, yeah. follow who know road. Okay. 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 That makes because sense. Because sometimes you don't yeah. know road. Yeah. 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 Figure out who knows the road. Yeah. Or who can tell you the person who knows the road? <laughs> because sometimes you, it might not be the, you might not be one yeah, person, yeah, yeah. and then get a pool of information and then make a decision from there. Mm, okay. Because sometimes in order to do that, you need to slow down yeah. to see the flow. So I think I've learned how to like literally even the idea I told you guys about, right? Like mm. I shipped it to almost every smart people right yeah, now. Yeah. And then when the feedback is coming, yeah. everybody's giving you something that you can yeah. add to make it better. Mm-hmm. But it's like literally. Create a list of people who know road mm-hmm. and have them be your maybe your informal board. Yeah. 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 I was going to like ask you about that, but yeah. I don't know if are you no, down? No, let's, we can talk about, about it. Okay. We can talk about it. So um how how I was going to phrase the question mm-hmm. is what other plans do you have yeah. for the Afropolitan group? Yeah, so I think yeah. what we're working on is and, and really the analogy I've been using and yeah. I, I, maybe I can test it out here is mm-hmm. there's a house that's crumbling. Okay. The foundation is weak. Yeah. It's weak. Die. <laughs> That's definitely us, Nigeria. You know, and let's just say it's all of Africa, really. Okay. And then we say, okay, you know what, guys, we need to fix this. Mm-hmm. We need to fix it. Mm-hmm. There's a problem. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Are we going to start with the foundation? No. <laughs> we'll fix the AC. <laughs> let's say the AC is fintech. Yeah. Shake it. Yeah. We need air to blow. Mm-hmm. Okay, no problem. Can we fix the foundation now? No, 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 no. Light is not working. <laughs> so let's say the light is health tech or okay. agri-tech. Yeah. Okay, now can we fix the foundation, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the window is broken. <laughs> Mobility as a service. <laughs> <laughs> you know, transportation. Yeah, transportation, yeah. And so now the the thing is, what we're saying here is fix ACO, fix lighto, mm-hmm. fix window, foundation is still crumbling. True. And we go all see for front. So what we're now really trying to tackle is the foundation, but from a unique angle. Okay. Right? So we're saying, look, instead of even bothering to fix this foundation, yeah. build a new one. Hmm. And if you build a new one, the AC will be blowing more. Yeah. The the transmitter will be blowing more. Yeah. The window will clean that. <laughs> <laughs> True. You know what I mean? True. Like it will be it will be creasing. And yeah. what we're really trying to build here is the equivalent, what we call is the Afropolitan network state. Okay. And what that looks like is you should be able to opt into a new country and a new paradigm. Mm. I mean, Americans, like 10 white men were, were having tea, right? And then they're like, look, this tea is too fucking expensive. They're like, why is it expensive? 
It's all them like you're paying taxes to King George. You're like, who the fuck is King, King George, George, mate? Yeah. <laughs> who the fuck? And yeah. they're like, yo, we're gonna go start a new country. Mm-hmm. Us, we're not drinking tea. Yeah. We get problems. Our problems are big there. Like I said, if all of us in the studio right now mm-hmm. were from Switzerland and I said, yo, let's start a new country, you'd be like, why? What's wrong with this one? Mm-hmm. Our problems are very deep. Yeah. And what I'm saying is we keep ignoring the foundation and focusing on the lipstick thing yeah. that we can do, the easiest thing yeah. to do. And I'm not yeah. saying fintech is easy. I'm mm-hmm. not saying, what I'm saying is fix the foundation because if you don't fix the foundation, every other thing, yeah, it will make sense. And I think yeah. what everyone is trying to fi- find out is what that looks like. Look yeah. at last year with all the regulations, Mephi and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much you raised, mm-hmm. who your daddy was, who is this bro. <laughs> when these guys decide to focus on you, yeah. no yeah. business yeah. is yeah. safe. Exactly. So we might as well start to build something that actually works because I'm not anti-regulation. Okay. I'm just anti-mediocrity. Mm. And we have suffered and stayed in mediocrity for too long. And I think it's time to build something new. And I think part of one of the, the guys whose name is Balaji Srinivas and he's like yeah. Indian. And there was a quote he said, he says, because the brand new is unthinkable, we fight over the old. Mm. Bro, I'm tired mm. of fighting over the old. Mm. It's time okay. to do the brand new yeah. and do the unthinkable. And I think the reason is the status quo doesn't work for us. Mm. Like, this is, the, you know, like, let's compare it to Noah's Ark. Okay. When Noah was building his Ark, he's like, guys, what are they come <laughs> Flood is coming. Yeah. Rain is going to be falling soon. But people were outside, like, there's hasn't rain in five years. Yeah, yeah. There's no flood. What are, what's this guy talking yeah, about? I beg, guys. I beg, I beg. <laughs> the, the difference between Noah yeah. then and Noah now, the flood is already here. We are seeing it yeah. in Lekki every, every other summer. <laughs> Shea gets. Yeah, yeah. What we're really saying here is, the guys that are leading us now have yeah. no plans for us. We know Definitely. that. Yeah, yeah. Instead of us hoping and waiting that they change, mm-hmm. or hoping and waiting that we find a new leader that mm-hmm. will come and, bro, it's time to pick up shovel. Wow. And start building something okay. now. Because what we're saying is this is going to be the Noah's Ark for us when shit hits the fan. Yeah, yeah. And we start climbing out. Similar to how, like, the, um, what is it, like, the Avengers movie or Thor movie where mm-hmm. they built the Asgard sh- spaceship. Yeah, yeah. We need to enter our own spaceship and hmm. bounce. All right. That's just what it comes down okay. to, bro. Okay, so, essentially, mm. What you want to do is build a new country. Yeah, but digital first and then you replicate it in the physical later. That's huge. And the reason we want to do digital first is digital allows us to stop making irreversible mistakes. Okay. The thing is we have to consider is why should we even accept that let's say we make a mistake in leader Mm -hmm. like Abu Ari. Yeah. He can take eight years from your life. So let's say Burari came into office when you were 22 years old. Yeah. You are now 30. <laughs> yeah, <they're thinking> eight. <laughs> no progress in your life. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, why? <laughs> we want to be able to say, look, oh, maybe we made a mistake yeah. if you make U-turn now. Now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, don't want, we don't want to yeah. wait. Yeah. You know See what I mean? I think, and I think the digital space allows you to be able to correct those mistakes mm. in real time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? And then, and then you can replicate it in the physical. And, and the physical, how we're thinking through that is, Everybody's familiar with Chinatowns in every country. Yeah, yeah. We want to be able to build Afro towns in wow, each country. Okay, that makes. And what that sense. looks like is what we're saying is going back to what I said is if yeah. you're an African today born in Africa, mm-hmm. you are limited to how many places in the world Definitely, you can go to. Yeah. Saint Kitts is a Caribbean island. GDP is fifty three million dollars. A Saint Kitts passport gets you access to one hundred and fifty countries out of one hundred ninety three countries in the world. Luxembourg is a population of six hundred and fifteen thousand people. A Luxembourg passport gets you access to. 188 countries out of 193 countries in the world. Wow. Nigeria <laughs> is a country with a population of 200 million people. Our passport yeah. gets you access to Landmark Beach. <laughs> no! We are here to change that narrative. No, That's yeah, literally what yeah, it comes yeah. down to. And I'm, and I'm saying like, because wow. what, we're, what we're really saying here is we want to build 
we want to build something that allows for absolute human flourishing, mm, right? Okay. What we're saying is this. Okay. Nigerians or Africans suffer from scarcity mentality a lot. Yeah. We can't think long-term because we're not eating. Yeah, yeah. We want to create something that allows us to eat. Yeah. And maybe you have Picasso in you. <laughs> maybe you're a painter. Maybe you're the best painter. Maybe you're the best singer in the world. Mm. How would you know? Yeah. Where is choking your neck? True, true. Now who chop face? You don't chop face. Yeah, you know don't what do I mean? another thing tomorrow. <laughs> and so, like, we want to really, like, take care of those basic needs yeah, first yeah. and create an environment that allows for that sort of prosperity. Mm. And then go, bro, if you want to paint, if you want to sing, if you mm. want to, whatever it is that is your fullest human gift, yeah. we want you to be able to give it to the world and we want to be able to benefit from it. And that's what we're really building here. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, man. The work is plenty. The work yeah. is plenty, but we have to do it. There's sure, no other context. Sure. Other context. I'm definitely rooting for this. Yeah, bro, I mean, thanks, because man. The Nigeria where we are inside, like this, uh, <laughs> they have off the lights. They've off the lights completely. Burnt the wire. They have off the lights. No <laughs> lights at the end of the tunnel at all, man. At it's all, all, it's at all, all good. Um, know? thank you very much, Bro, Ichi, for thanks doing for having me, man. This was a great one. This was a great conversation. Honestly, it's been it's been mind blowing and eye opening, and I hope that. You get, we get to do this again. Oh, bro, okay. anytime you want me back, man, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Wonderful. And you know, the funny thing is, this is the first podcast that I'm talking about this, this song. Wow. So, Lucky me. Yeah, man. This is the first podcast. <laughs> I'm so. giving you guys exclusive <laughs> content here. <laughs> this is the first podcast. But wow. no, like, we're building the Afropolitan Network State. Yeah. And what we want is to leverage our best minds to build mm -hmm. a new country from scratch that actually serves us. Okay. And what we're not, we're not saying go and fight any governments. We're not saying go and, what we're just saying is we want to build something that works yeah. because the status quo is broken. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. Guys, you've heard though from H.A. I mean, H.A. just, he's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> H.A. is everywhere. Work is plenty. <laughs> so, um, that's been it on this episode, guys. Definitely tune in next week as we interview yet another interesting founder who will share their story and the challenges they've been able to overcome on their entrepreneurial journey. Amen. <laughs> That's been it from me. I'm your host once again, Samuel Kimeshi, and you've been listening to the Made in Africa podcast from Jamit.app. Peace. That's all on this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe to the Made in Africa podcast on the Jamit app or wherever you get your podcasts. Your questions and or comments are appreciated. I'm your host, Kimishi Samo, and you've been listening to the Made in Africa podcast. Mm -hmm.